begin today the Gemara on Davchesa Medalef, where it says, Rav Nachman by Yitzchak Omar. This is a second shot here in the Gemara regarding two braises that were brought before. On the bottom of Zion Amid Beis, the one braise it says that if you bring a get that's written on a boat to Eretz Yisrael, so it's like you're bringing it from Chutzlaretz. And you'll have to testify about the kashas of this get, as it says in the Mishnah, Befonai Nichta, Befonai Nechtam. In another braise it said, no, if you're bringing a get from a boat to Eretz Yisrael, so then you don't have to testify because it's like it's being brought in Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara before brought up Pshat to explain the two braises, that it's two different opinions. Here Rav Nachman Yitzchak says another Pshat. Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, is the Eretz Yisrael. If this is a boat that's in a river inside Eretz Yisrael itself, the Kula Almalai nobody would argue about this, that the get being brought from this boat into the dry land in Eretz Yisrael, that it's a get that's being brought from one location to another in Eretz Yisrael. And for sure, you do not have to testify that it was written and signed in front of you. So Rashi here explains, even though we, before we explained in the Gemara that on the boat you're not chayv and trumas and maestres because if you plant on the boat, at least according to one opinion, it doesn't get proper nourishment from the ground, so you're not chayv and trumas and maestres. So you may think that it's not part of Eretz Yisrael. So Rashi explains, fine, it doesn't get nourishment, but that's only a halacha that applies to trumas and maestres. But it doesn't apply to a get. When it comes to a get, that's not the relevant point. The relevant point is that it's in, if the fact is that the rivers are part of Eretz Yisrael. So if you're bringing a get from this boat in a river in Eretz Yisrael, it's all, it's all in Eretz Yisrael. Hello, what were the braises before speaking about? Kipligi biyamagodl. What they were speaking about is the Yamagodl, which is the Mediterranean Sea. So the question is, where exactly is the border of the Mediterranean Sea with Eretz Yisrael? As we'll see here, this Braise discusses this. The Tanya, the Braise says as follows. When it comes to the northern border of Eretz Yisrael, where is the northern border of Eretz Yisrael? And this is talking about the northwest of Eretz Yisrael, right at the corner by the water, by the Mediterranean Sea, by the northwest, where is the border? Says the Braise. So there's a big mountain there, which is in the past called Hoyer Hahar. And this Braisa refers to it as Ture Amnon, which is the uh, Targum of Hoyrahar. So this mountain, what the Braisa is going to say over here is, this bra- mountain of Hoyrahar, every mountain has a slope on one side and a slope on the other side. So there's the slope of the mountain that goes down to the north, which is up further up in the north. And then there's the slope of the mountain that comes down to the south, further into Eretz Yisrael. So where's the border on the west, northwestern corner of Eretz Yisrael? The, the border is right in the center of the mountain. When you come to the, to the t- top of the mountain, so the north side of it is outside of Eretz Yisrael, and the south side of it is inside Eretz Yisrael. So the slope going down from the mountain, which is the south side of the mountain, inside Eretz Yisrael. So that's Eretz Yisrael. And the slope going down from the tip of the top of the mountain to the north part of it, outside, so that's Chutzalaretz. That's outside of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, this Turiyamnim, by the way, is today, it's not, it's further up all the way into Syria, I believe, or maybe in Lebanon. It's, it's, it's not in, in the, it's much further out. I mean, before the Gemara spoke about Akai, which is in, in Eretz Yisrael. It's, much, it's north, but it's much further down. But over here, when it talks about the northwestern corner of Eretz Yisrael, the border goes up much further, all the way up to Hayrahar, to Turiyamnim. Okay, now the Braise discusses something else. The water, the Mediterranean Sea. 
So if there are islands that are there in the water, not far off the shore of Eretz Yisrael. So Hanisan Shebiyam, these islands that there are in the water. Which islands do I say are considered to be part of Eretz Yisrael? And which islands do I say are too far away from the dry land and it's not part of Eretz Yisrael? So the Braise says, What we do is, we consider it as if, <coughs> As if there's a chut, a string, that's being drawn down. From Ture Amnen, which is the tip of Eretz Yisrael in the north, and then Nachal Mitzrayim is the border of Eretz Yisrael all the way down on the south. So you, you draw a string down from, from Turi Amnin, down all the way to Nacho Mitzrayim. You got a picture there? Very good. Okay, and so in the art school you have a picture, and there's some other Gemaras you might have a picture. And basically, if you're, if you're going to draw a straight line, if you're going to pull a string from Turi Amnin down to Nacho Mitzrayim, so there's going to be some water that's going to be inside that space. Because the, the border is not a straight line. If the border was a straight line, so then there wouldn't be any water there. But Turei Amnei sort of sticks out further to the west, and Nacham Mitzrayim sticks out further to the west. And then the water comes in further into the east, so you have space of water that will be inside that imaginary line that you draw from Turei Amnei down to Nacham Mitzrayim. And therefore the Braise says that... So any islands that are inside that chot, that string, is part of Eretz Yisrael. Any areas that are outside that imaginary string, that's outside of Eretz Yisrael. That's Tanakama. This is, so this is the main thing that's relevant over here for the discussion that, uh, going back to the prices before, regarding these islands. So again, the Tanakama says that the islands, you have to see what's inside if it's further out into the Mediterranean, so then it's not part of Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda argues and says a tremendous chiddush here. Kol Yisrael, any place inside the Mediterranean that's opposite Eretz Yisrael, opposite the borders of Eretz Yisrael, harehu Yisrael. It's all like part of Eretz Yisrael, as far out into the Mediterranean as you want, all the way in. Anything that's opposite Eretz Yisrael is going to be part of Eretz Yisrael. What does that mean? Why? I mean, doesn't Eretz Yisrael have a border? So he brings a Pasuk. Shunem, the Pasuk says, a Gvul Yam. What is the Gvul? What is the border on the west? That the Yam Agadol, which is the Mediterranean, that's the border on the west. But then the Pasuk adds and says, This Gvul Zeh, again, how do you read this? Gvul Zeh, Gvul Yam. This is the Gvul on the west. So why is the Pasuk saying this again? What it's teaching you is that the Mediterranean itself, which is the border, is actually part of Eretz Yisrael. So it's not only a border, but it, Eretz Yisrael extends into the border itself. becomes So therefore, anything opposite Eretz Yisrael in the Mediterranean is part of Eretz Yisrael. So now, what does this mean? So here, Rabbi Yudah will explain. It doesn't mean that the entire Mediterranean is all going to be any island. Anywhere is going to be Eretz Yisrael. It has to be an island which is only opposite Eretz Yisrael. So you have the northern border and you have the southern border. Now anything opposite in the Mediterranean, opposite the, from the north and the south, will be part of Eretz Yisrael. If it's further up north in the Mediterranean or further down south in the Mediterranean, then it's, it's, not, a, it's not an island that's opposite Eretz Yisrael. Let's see in the words of the Rabbi Yehuda here. So if you have islands that are sort of on the sides and you're not sure if it's opposite of Eretz Yisrael itself, so then how do we measure this? So here also you have this imaginary line. 
You have to see it as if there's this string that's stretched out, or this line, this imaginary line that comes, Mikafluria from Kafluria. Where's Kafluria? Kafluria, Rashi's opinion here in this Gemara is, it's what we said before, the, the, um, this top, the top of the mountain of Turiamnen. So that's the city on that top of the mountain was called Kafluria. So you go over there from the northern border, from Kafluria, and there's an imaginary line going out into the water from there. Vad This imaginary line goes all the way out to the Atlantic. And the same thing on the bottom, at the south of Eretz Yisrael. The most southern place in Eretz Yisrael is Nachal Mitzrayim, and there's a, an imaginary line going out from there, Vad to all the way out to the Atlantic Ocean. So inside these two imaginary lines, Eretz Yisrael, any island within this imaginary line is Eretz Yisrael. Anywhere outside from this imaginary line, if it's, if it's further north or further south, that's going to be Chutz Laretz. So obviously Rabbi Hud is saying there a tremendous Chiddush, that Eretz Yisrael extends to the west, anything that's within this imaginary line extends and is considered to be Eretz Yisrael. So... One second, one second. So, so in Rashi, Rashi says that this is all only in the Mediterranean. Any island in the Mediterranean. But the moment you come to Europe, you come to Chves, Italy, Greece, you come to dry land, so then it's not included in this. It's only in the Mediterranean. Even though it does say in the Gemara, the Lashon of Kyanis, Kyanis, the Atlantic is actually on the other side of Europe. So, so, so it's, it seems like it does include the dry land, which is in between. But Rashi clearly says that this concept of Opposite Eretz Yisrael, being part of Eretz Yisrael is only in the Yam Hagadol, because that's what the Pasuk is talking about. Teisus, though, has a different shitta. Teisus says, no, that what's opposite Eretz Yisrael could include even what goes into dry land. There's a few Pshatim and Teisus, but one of the Pshatim and Teisus, he says that the MS, the, it does go even into dry land, and there's a, this is a famous Teisus here, and Teisus says, Rabbeinu Peter. Rabbeinu Peter asked Rabbeinu Tam that if so, we are living here today in Europe, we should be chayiv and shmita and trumis and nicerus over here because we're opposite Eretz Yisrael. If you look at the imaginary line, so aren't we opposite Eretz Yisrael? According to Rabbi Yehuda, we should be chayiv and trumis and nicerus. That's the question he asked Rabbeinu Tam. So first of all, in the Taisus Harash, he all the way, all the way out. So the Taisus Harash answers and says that uh, Rabbeinu Peter apparently made a mistake, or uh, I'm not sure exactly, exact, but he he, did, he really. Where, where did these Rishayim live? They lived in France. France is much further up north. Uh, if anything, if there's any place which is opposite Eretz Yisrael, if you go a straight line out of Eretz Yisrael to Europe, maybe it's the bottom of Italy or the bottom of Spain. Maybe. But in, in France, even in the south of France, it's still north of Eretz Yisrael. So it's not opposite this imaginary line. So there's a discussion about this in Achrein. It depends how maybe the line has to curve because the world is not flat. So, so maybe if, if you curve the line, maybe France could be opposite of Eretz Yisrael. Either way, but Tosfos over here says that this imaginary line that what's opposite is Eretz Yisrael is based on the Psukim in Parshas Masse where it describes the borders. And that's the borders of Eretz Yisrael which the Yidin <coughs> conquered when they came up to Eretz Yisrael, the Eilim Mitzrayim. But the thing is, once the Eden came up to that, once the Eden were, uh, the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed and the Eden were expelled from Eretz Yisrael, that original Kedusha <laughs> left. And now there's the Kedusha of Eile Bavel. When Eile Bavel came up to Eretz Yisrael for the second Beis Hamikdash, only the places that they actually conquered became Eretz Yisrael. The places that they didn't actually conquer did not get its Kedusha. So even if Rabbi Yehuda, what, even according to Rabbi Yehuda's shit, that it's an imaginary line that goes out, it doesn't apply to Europe because they didn't conquer Europe. So therefore he told, the Rabbi Tam told him, so we're going to be potter of Trumas and Maestris. 
Okay. So what's not what, what's relevant over here for the Pshat and the Gemara? What uh, what are we saying regarding the two brises and one brise that said that if you bring from a boat, then it's Eretz Yisrael, and the other one says if you bring from the boat, then it's considered to be Chutzlaretz. We're talking about a boat that's floating in the Mediterranean outside that imaginary line that the Tanakhama said. The Tanakhama said we have to have the imaginary line that goes down, not out, but that goes down from Turi Amnim to Nachal Mitzrayim. And whatever is inside that line is Eretz Yisrael, whatever is outside that line is, is Chutzlaretz. So you have this boat that's in the Mediterranean outside that imaginary line. So one Bryce is saying that it's Chutzlaretz, like the Tanakhama says, because it's outside the imaginary line that the Tanakhama here said. And the other Bryce goes like Rabbi Yehuda that says, no, the imaginary line goes all the way out into the Mediterranean. So a boat that's floating anywhere in the Mediterranean within that or opposite Eretz Yisrael will be Eretz Yisrael. That's the two uh, Bryce's that was brought before. Now the Gemara explains over here this pasuk according to the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon my of delay. According to the Rabbanon, that how do they dash in this extra world word over here in the pasuk? Why don't they learn from this that anything opposite Eretz Yisrael is also part of Eretz Yisrael, <coughs> like Rabbi Yehuda? So the Gemara says, "Mibayale He learns from that pasuk to say that there's the islands that are within his imaginary line that are Eretz Yisrael. Without this pasuk, this extra word gvul, I would say that till where is Eretz Yisrael? Until where the dry land ends. Anything in water is not Eretz Yisrael. The Tanakhama was also mechadish that there are certain islands that are part of Eretz Yisrael, as long as it's within that imaginary line that goes down from Turi Amnon to Nachal Mitzrayim. So that's what he learns out from this extra word, the Gvul. So you don't have any source to say that it goes all the way out into the Mediterranean. Rabbi Yehuda argues, Rabbi Yehuda says, Nisim Those islands that are within that imaginary line from Turi Amnon to Nachal Mitzrayim, that doesn't need a Pasuk, because that's Pashit, that it's part of Eretz Yisrael, because the dry land extends out on the top and on the bottom, and then in the middle it sort of curves in, but it's because it extends out on the top of the bottom, the fact that any islands that are there are part of the uh, dry land, it's, it's like a, an extension of the dry land. Sometimes you have islands that are very close to dry land, it's really just <coughs> part of the dry land. It's like the water is still shallow and you have islands over there, so for that you don't need a special Pasuk. So the extra Pasuk of is teaching me that it goes out all the way to any islands that there is further out in the Mediterranean. Going back to the Mishnah, Rabmei Oyma Akoi Keretz Yisrael. It said in the Mishnah, Rabmei says that Akoi is like Keretz Yisrael. And then the the Mishnah regarding Akoi, what did it say? What was the lesson of the Mishnah? Rabmei says that Akoi is Eretz Yisrael for Gitten, right? He says for regarding Gitten, it's considered to be Eretz Yisrael, but for, for regarding other halachas, it's not considered to be Eretz Yisrael. So boy, my name Rabchei Bar the Shiloh was asked from Rabchia Baraba about this. A person sells an Evet Kanani that he owns to Surya. So now the halacha is you're not allowed to sell an Evet Kanani to Chutzlaretz. Why not? Because the Evet Kanani is chayiv in mitzvahs like a woman. And there's an Isr to leave Eretz Yisrael. And that Isr applies even to a woman. So when you sell an Evet Kanani to Chutzlaretz, you're causing him to be Oyver Isr. He now has to leave Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, Chachamim gave a penalty. To, to the person that bought this Evet, that the Evet goes free. Because you caused him to be over this Isser, so he goes free. That's it's a Mishnah later here in this Masechta. So now the question is, if you sell your Evet to Surya, Surya is basically in what's today Syria. Now this area of Surya, as we'll see soon in the Gemara, it's an area that David HaMelech conquered. And the Gemara will soon say that this place, Syria, is Surya or Syria, is called Kibush Yachid. 
He conquered it alone. It wasn't part of Eretz Yisrael. So the question is, what kind of a status does this place of Surya have? Is it like you sold this Evet Kanani down to Chutz Loretz, and therefore he should go free? That's the penalty Chazal said if you sell an Evet to Chutz Loretz. Or no, Surya, since it was conquered by David HaMelech, the Gemara will soon explain that it becomes part of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore it does not go free. So our Gemara is following the opinion that really Surya is part of Eretz Yisrael. But there is still a Tumah that there is in Surya that Chacham will gaze it here. So do we say, because there's still a Tumah in this place, so therefore it's considered like you sold him out to Eretz Amim, or no? It's, the, it's considered, Surya, David HaMelech conquered it, and it's considered to be part of Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara answers, Amalohu, so he answered, Rabchir Barab answered, Tenisua, we could understand this from what we learned in the Mishnah, because Rab Meya said, Akoi Karet Yisrael Gitin. Akoi, the, the northern city of Eretz Yisrael, so that has the halacha of Eretz Yisrael regarding Gitin, a get that's brought from their territory Yisrael. Legitin in, only regarding the halacha of a get being brought. But Lavadim Loi, not regarding an Eved that's sold there. If you sell an Eved to Akoi, so then he goes out free, because it's considered to be that you sold him out of Eretz Yisrael. Akai is actually out of Eretz Yisrael, at least half of Akai. There's a discussion about this in the Rishayna, but at least half of Akai is out of Eretz Yisrael, so you sold him out of Eretz Yisrael. So definitely Surya, which is much further than Akai, definitely if you sell him there, the Evad will go out free. So here the Gemara brings a Braise, which will tell us more details about the halacha of Surya. There are three ways that Shafsa Surya Eretz Yisrael, that Syria it has the halacha similar to Eretz Yisrael, and in other three ways, it has the halacha of Chutz Loretz. And here the Gemara gives a simon regarding these three halachas. Simon, Ayin Beis, Beis Reish, Reish Kof. So the first halacha is Afra Tomei K'chutz Loretz. The earth in Surya is Tomei just like Chutz Loretz. Chachamu Wagaizer that the earth anywhere in Chutz Loretz is Tomei. And Surya has the same halacha. It's Tomei. V'hamoicha Abdul Surya, if you sell your slave, your avid Kanani to Surya, K'moicha B'chutz Loretz. It's like you sold him to Chutz Loretz and he goes free. And the third halacha, V'hamevi Get M'Surya, if you deliver a get from Surya to Eretz Yisrael, K'mevi M'chutz Loretz. It's like a get that's being brought from Chutz Loretz and you have to testify now, but in another three ways, there are another three halachas that Surya has the halacha like Eretz Yisrael. You chayev in, in Maiser and Shmita, just like Eretz Yisrael itself. And also, if you want to enter into Surya and remain pure, it's possible. The Gemara will soon explain how it's possible if we just said that the offer is Tomei, so, but there is a way that it's possible to enter into Surya and remain tired. And the third thing, if you buy a property in Surya, it's like you're buying a piece of land in the outskirts of Yerushalayim. And the Gemara will soon explain the relevance of that. Okay, so now the Gemara goes through all the halachas that this price is said. So the Braises just said that in Syria, you're obligated in the mitzvah of Maisres and Shemitah, just like Eretz Yisrael. Why is that? It's because this Braises is of the opinion, that the conquering of Syria, even though it happened through a Yachid, who's the Yachid there? David the Melech. He conquered it alone. Nevertheless, it, it's considered to be that it's conquered and it's an addition. It's added to Eretz Yisrael. Now Rashi here defines what does Kibbish Yachid here mean? Kibbish Yachid here means that David Melech conquered it on his own for his own need, for his own purpose. He maybe wanted to collect more taxes, but he wasn't collecting it for the sake of all of Klai Yisrael going out together with all the Eden to conquer it, to, to make it part of Eretz Yisrael. He conquered it alone. 
That's Rashi's pshat. Taisus brings from the Sefri another pshat that the reason why Surya does not is is, is on the category of kibbish yachid and it's not like regular Eretz Yisrael is because he conquered it before he finished conquering the rest of Eretz Yisrael. There was areas in Eretz Yisrael which were not yet fully conquered, and he went and conquered Surya first. If he would have conquered it after he finished conquering the whole Eretz Yisrael, he could add it to Eretz Yisrael. But not if he conquers it before he finishes conquering the whole Eretz Yisrael. That's Taisus' Prat. But the Mandoma in this Brayse says, true, it's Kibbush Yochid, but it still becomes a, an addition to Eretz Yisrael, and therefore Yechayev and Trumas and Maisris and Shmit and Minatayra. The next thing it said in the Brayse, if you want to enter into Surya and remain pure, Nichnas, you can enter there and remain pure. But the Brayse continued and said that Midrabanon, they have a geyser in Syria, that the earth there is Tomei. Apparently, the reason is because why would Chacham geyser on the earth to be Tomei? Because the Goyim would bury their mason in places without making a caver. And apparently, Surya still had a lot of Goyim living there, so therefore they were geyser on the earth that it should be Tomei. So, how could you enter into Surya and still be Tomei? So the Gemara answers, Bishida, Teva, Umigdal. That's if he enters into Surya without being on the ground. He enters in a box or in a closet or on some kind of a trunk. So he's, 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 not, he's in the airspace. He's not on the ground itself. And the Gemara brings the source of this concept. The Tanya will learn in Samim. A person that enters into Eretz Samim, into not Surya, but into Chutzlaretz. And he enters Bishida, Teva, Umigdal. He's inside, maybe he's inside a carriage, inside a wagon, or inside a box. So Rabbi Metame, Rabbi says he's still going to be Tame. And the reason is, Rashi explains, because in, in Eretz Ha'amim, Chacham will geyze Tumah on the ground, and they will also geyze Tumah on the airspace as well. Now Rashi explains, even though he's sort of closed in a box, so why shouldn't the fact that he's closed in a box, which is like an oil for itself, why shouldn't that be a chatzitza? Why shouldn't he be separated from the Tumah in the air? So Rashi says, because oil, Zorik, Loishmei, oil. When you're closed inside an oil, which is not stationary in one place, it's moving around, that's not a separation. It's like you're in open, exposed to the air, and therefore, you're in the airspace, you become Tameh. Rabbi Yehuda says, you will be tired because you're inside the box. And the box is, is a chatzitzi, even though it's, it's moving around, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is, it still separates you from the airspace of the Tameh that there is in the air. Now the Gemara explains, So Rabbi said that the airspace makes you Tomei. That's an Eretz Amim. Anywhere else in Chutzlad. It's the Gozru Al Gusha Va'alavira. Because there was two different Xeras. There was a Xeras that the ground is Tomei. And there was a Xeras also that the airspace is Tomei. Chachamim didn't want the Eden to leave Eretz Yisrael. So they made a Xeras that even the airspace itself is Tomei. But regarding Syria, the ground is Tomei, but the airspace is not Tomei. So that's what the Braise meant, that as long as you go above ground, you go on a carriage, or you go on, a, maybe you're riding on top of a horse, and you're inside a box, so then you're not touching the ground, you won't be Tommy. The next thing, again, and that, that's according to Rabbi, yeah, it's saying according to Rabbi. The third thing it said in the Braise was, if you buy a land in Surya, it's like you're buying this in the outskirts of Yerushalayim. What's the relevance of this? This is teaching me. You're allowed to write a document to buy this property. And even on Shabbos, you want to buy a, a, a property from a guy. And this guy is leaving. This is your last opportunity to buy this property from this guy. 
So, and it's on Shabbos. You're allowed to buy it from him and write a document on Shabbos. But Nagmara clarifies right away, you're allowed to be over on a Molochim and a Torah and write on Shabbos a document to buy this property from the guy. How could it be? Says the Gemara, it's like what Rav said, that you have the guy write a document for you, which is what's always called Amir al-Nachri. You have the guy writing it for you, so usually you're not allowed to have a guy do a malacha for you. That's Isra Midrabanon. But over here, Chachamim suspended their Isra Midrabanon of having a guy do the malacha for you for the purpose of, of writing this document. So, Achanami here, what's the Pshat? You tell the guy and he writes a document for you in order to be able to buy, buy this property. So this is, whether it's in Eretz Yisrael, and now the Gemara is saying in Surya, it's the same thing. Even though telling a guy to do a malacha for you in Shabbos is a shvos, which means a isa midrabanon, but nevertheless, but in order to fulfill the mitzvah of settling at Yisrael and buying the properties of the Goyim, Chachamim did not decree, and over here you're allowed to write, you're allowed to write, have the guy that is write this document for you. So that's two pshatim and what Yishuv at Yisrael means. According to some Rishayim, there's a famous Ramban, the Ramban says it is a mitzvah in Atayri even today to settle the land. There's a real mitzvah of Yishuv at Yisrael. But then there's what Rashi here says. There's a, there's a long letter from the Rebbe Rashab about this. Very interesting. And he's medayik over here from Rashi. If you look, Rashi here says that the point is, It's not about the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, because most Rishonim hold that there is no mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, but it's about expelling the Goyim. There's a lab of Leisachonim, not to allow Goyim to live in Eretz Yisrael, and not to live amongst Goyim, that's a Rebbe and so on. So over here, this is a mitzvah to expel the Goyim from the land, so you're allowed to write this document even on Shabbos, or have the Goy write this document for you even on Shabbos. That's the relevance of this halacha regarding Surya. We learned the halacha in the Braise as follows. This is connected back to the halacha of testifying when a get is brought for a woman. So now before we learn the Gemara inside, as we'll see in the Mishnah, the next daf, the same halacha that applies to a Isha is also regarding an Eved. One of the ways to free an Eved is by writing a document. His master writes him a document. You are freed. So now this document that an Eved brings from Chutzlar, it's at Yisrael that he's free, and we're not sure if the document is authentic or not, he, and, uh, and this document has to be written lishma as well. All the halachas of a get apply to the shtar that an eved is freed with as well. So the halacha to testify, applies to this document that frees an eved as well. So, an eved brings a document from Chutz Laaretz, and it's written in it as follows. You yourself are free, and all of my all of my all of my possessions are acquired to you, are, are given to you. Basically, he's bringing a document that says that his master freed him and gave him away all of his possessions. Okay, now he has to verify the authenticity of this document. Okay, so he so the Bryce says he himself he will go free. And the reason is because he just has to testify, this was written in front of me, and he's believed. We learned before when, by a get of an Isha. If an Isha brings her own get, she's believed to testify about her own get, that it's an authentic get, and it's kosher, and she's Mugurasha. Same thing with the Yavid. In order to authenticate this document, he's believed to say that, this is, uh, that I'm free. But however, when it comes to the money, 
that's written in this document that his master is giving him all the money and all his possessions, for that he's not believed to testify about this. This special leniency that there is for an Isha or the same applies to an Eved is only a special leniency for the, for the divorce of an Isha or for the freedom of an Eved. But regarding the money that's written here in this document, for that you need proper two witnesses to authenticate the document. So until you don't bring those two witnesses, you're not going to get a penny of what's written here in this document. That's the Braisa. Now, this the Gemara asks Shaila, boy, who the Shaila was asked, how about if the language of the Braisa is written all in one? It's not divided into two statements. The master, he, the Evid is bringing a document and it says in it, my master wrote to me, all of my possessions are acquired to you. Now, that includes himself. That means that he himself, being one of the possessions of the master, goes free. And... He also gets all, all the possessions. So it's not written in two separate statements. So what mahu? What's the Allah over here? So because it's written in one statement, so the question is, do I say that I, I, that I look at the level of the trust that we need for himself, and we tr- for that we will trust him himself to say that it's authentic, or do we look at the level of trust that we need for the money that's included in the statement, and for that we need to aid him? So Abai Omar, Omar Abai that is, Abai says, So since he's believed to say that he is free, and it's all in one statement saying that he's free and all the possessions are his, so if he goes free, so all the money is his as well. It goes together. We can't split this. On this Rava comes and says, No, why, why are you putting it all together? Himself, he will go free. Because the halach, as I said before, regarding an event, bringing a document is the same like a get. That he's believed to testify that the, the document is authentic. But when it comes to the money here, he shouldn't get a penny. Because the halacha regarding the money that's written in this document is, just like any document, you have to bring two witnesses to verify that it's authentic. So how should he get anything? So Rav is basically arguing you have to split this. So Now later on, Abaye retracted of his previous opinion and Abaye said the opposite. Because he can't get any of the money that's written in this document that's his, because he has no two adam to verify this document, so he doesn't go free himself either. So he gets nothing. But again, Rav asks on this, I understand why you're saying that he shouldn't get any money. Because it's just like any other document in a money matter that you need Adam to verify this. So he doesn't get the money. But but himself, he should acquire. Because for this, it should be like the Allah of Aget Isha that he's believed to say to verify that he is free. So, hello, my Rave. So, therefore, Rava argues in Abaye, and Rava says, Both the case that was brought before in the Braise, where it was two separate statements. There was the statement about himself, Atzmacha, and the statement about the money, Nechasai, Knuyin And Echadzeh, and over here, when you have this case, that it's all one statement, the money and his own freedom is all in the same line. In both of these cases, we're going to split the, the halacha of this shtar here. Atzmaikana, Himself he acquires, and a chasim loikana. But the possessions he's not kaina. And this, as the Gemara will soon say, is what's known as palginon dibura. Even though it's one story, it's one statement in this star, but and l'chayre, you can't split it. Either it's authentic, 
or it's not. So how are you splitting it? But Rabbi says, no, we do split it. Regarding himself, we say that we believe him to say, he goes free. And regarding the money, we don't believe him. And he doesn't go free. Palgina di Buddha. And the Gemara in the Hamshachavi will bring the source of this idea of Palgina di Buddha that we see in Ebraisa.